Hey y'all, welcome to the 11th Hour God Podcast, where we share testimony of how God is working in people's lives. We call this podcast the 11th Hour God, not because he shows up in the 11th hour, it's because we tend to see him in our 11th hour when we've finally given it all to him and are at our breaking point. I'm Jake. And I'm Kenny. Thank you for joining us today. Hey guys, welcome back to the 11th Hour God Podcast. Um, we just wanted to take some time today before we jump in um, with our guest and uh, hear her story and what God is doing through her life or has done through her life. Uh, we just wanted to stop for a moment and just clarify some stuff from the last episode. You know, when Kenny and I get on here and we start talking amongst ourselves or we bring up subjects, we don't always have a plan of exactly what we're going to say or how we're going to say it. Maybe we don't even have scripture ready to go. We're just kind of going off of feelings and and just diving into discussion together. So we really want to make sure that if we're saying something or we're diving into a topic or subject and you have questions or you're confused or maybe something doesn't make sense to you, we really would love for you to reach out and let us know so that we can clarify or even go back into scripture and kind of find out um, what we're saying so that, you know, we're being truthful in what we say. Yeah. And that we have scripture to back it up as well. Um, you know, like Jake said, we just kind of do this back and forth. We don't have any type of plan of how we're going to do this and what we're going to say. Um, so sometimes like just because we know something, we just kind of assume others do as well. Um, so we don't really dive deep or clarify some stuff and that's not on purpose. Um, it's just, as we're talking, we're just not thinking about it, I guess. So if, like he said, if you guys have questions, if we didn't dig deep enough into something or if something that we said left you like, but why is it like that? Or where does it say that? Please um, message us on Instagram, Facebook, email. It's all in our show notes, how to get a hold of us. Um, We would love to like discuss this stuff with you. And if you guys have questions about it, then I'm sure somebody else has a question about it. Yeah. and, And just a reminder too, we are no pastor. We're no theologians. Like we are not perfect. So we may even say something that comes off wrong Mm -hmm. and we just need to clarify. We're not ever trying to push anybody into anything that we personally feel, but just what scripture says, like that's always our, our go-to backing. Yeah. And we just like, like we did with the last episode, we just do want to, um, we just kind of want to share how our relationship with the Lord is growing and just things that we, um, are learning about him because I think that's so important. And I think too, we are, in this season now where um, we got really good feedback too, I think from our just discussion between you and I. Mm -hmm. And so we kind of want to keep that going. We definitely won't do it as long. Yeah. We got carried away last episode. (laughs) That's for sure. We are so sorry for those that were hitting the 30 minute mark and wondering why we were still going. (laughs) But anyway, we do want to continue to update you guys and just keep you along the ride for what, what's going on in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. We do have, we do have some stuff we want to share. Um, we won't do it this episode, maybe yeah. next. Um, and we just, you know, we are here for y'all to keep us accountable as well with like um, things that we're doing and we're going to get to one of the things today. Um, so, yeah. But one of the things I did want to speak on and clarify was uh, two weeks ago, our last episode, you know, we talked about being a child of God. Um, and I wanted to clarify on that because we are all created in God's image yeah. and the Lord loves all of us more than any one of us can fathom. Right. But you are not 
adopted into God's family until you accept his son, Jesus Christ, into your heart and that you declare he is your Lord and Savior. Yeah, I think it's a term that we kind of throw around nowadays, and I think it's lost its true meaning. So you'll hear a lot like, oh, they're a child of God, which carries great intention, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but to truly be in his kingdom and, and into his family, you know, like Kenny said, you, you have to have gone through the steps that are required for salvation. Which is inviting Jesus into your heart. Right. So when we say a child of God or, or we go back and forth on that is never to diminish anybody or to have them feel like they're less than because maybe they're not saved yet. Um, but I think that is kind of where we were going with the the description of child of God. Yeah. And, you know, the Lord, we have we have free choice yeah, free for will. a reason, free will for a reason. Um, he's not going to for- force any one of us to love him and to accept him. That's our choice. And once we do, that's when we are adopted into his family. Yeah. Even though we some folks never will. He's always waiting. He's always there. The very minuscule second that you're ready to give your life to him, he's there waiting. Mm-hmm. It's never You're never waiting on him. Right. So we just wanted to kind of clarify that because I know we used that term last episode. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure some people were confused by that because right. up until recently, I wasn't honestly sure yeah. exactly yeah. what that meant and what being um, adopted by our father meant, you know, and that's kind of what it does mean. Yeah. And I, I think that can be a, a full blown topic too. So, oh yeah. I mean, there's much, much more. We just wanted to kind of clarify a little bit of that. So if anything of what we just said, again, trying to clarify that, if you guys have more questions about that, please reach out to us. We would love to chat with you um, about it. So one other thing that we did want to clarify on, you know, um, last episode I did say, you know, we were talking about a husband and wife's roles in a marriage, you know, and I did say like, if you um, are putting God first and then you're putting your husband next and you're respecting your husband, and you're doing this. And as a husband, if you are putting God first and you're loving your wife and all this stuff, like things will be great. And, and then things will trickle down to your kids and it'll be great. I again, that's just where, you know, I just kind of get excited about speaking about this. Um, but and another example of where I didn't dig deeper. Yes, things will be great. They won't be perfect. You're still going to go through trials. You're still going to have hard times. You're still going to have challenges. We still are fighting against the enemy. Um, you know, but it, I think what it all comes down to is like where your heart is at. Yeah. It's, it's just, it creates a better dynamic for your marriage to thrive. Mm -hmm. Um, anybody that's been married for even more than a month will tell you that it is not always rainbows and butterflies. Yeah, but we know from personal experience that when we are putting the Lord first and we are um, having intentional time with each other, our marriage flourishes more than it ever does when we're not doing that. Or we're trying to push something of our own agenda. Yeah. We always, Kenny and I are always really good about trying to bring it back to prayer and like giving it back to God. Like what is he going to do with this situation or this trial or whatever it may be like we really try to turn it around and give it right back to God so that he can have his way with it yeah absolutely um and then just last thing babe I just want to ask because I was re-listening to our last episode and you were talking about um you know how you wanted to start a men's group of your own because we've been doing a women's study and it's just been incredible right and you wanted to start a men's group um so what's our update on that do we get that going we are 
almost there. So um, I wrote, I reached out to the guys in our big small group, <laughs> and we have I think eight or nine that are signed up to start um, a biweekly men's group. Awesome. We are gonna start um, diving into the book Wild at Heart by John Eldridge. Um, I read that years ago, and I think the way he describes a man's heart from a biblical aspect was mind blowing. Hmm. He's so, just the way he, he describes it and the way he describes a masculine heart, it's just, I think it's something that we need to revisit as men all mm-hmm. the time to be better for ourselves, for our wives, for God, for our, our children, for anybody around us. So I'm so excited to uh, jump in and really dive into that book and that series with the guys. Well, I'm honestly equally ex- as excited because um, I know that when men get together like this, um, iron sharpens iron, right? Yeah, That's what it absolutely. speaks of in the Scripture. Bible. Yeah. Um, with this group of guys getting together and just strengthening, strengthening your faith, um, strengthening your relationships with each other. I truly believe that, um, we're going to see that in y'all's, in our marriage and in, in the other guys' marriages as well. Um, because like we say, it's that trickle down effect. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, we're excited to do that, and, and it's just proof. This weekend, I went to a three-day retreat with one of our friends from small group, right. and it was nine guys intentionally coming together to be vulnerable, to go through scripture, and to really look at three aspects of our lives. We looked at marriage, money, and ministry, and just the way that it was laid out and just what we took home from it. Again, most of us didn't know each other. We were kind of meeting for the first time. We all were connected by somebody in the group this weekend, but... Um, it just reminded me and gave me hope for our men's group that like when men put in the work and are intentional with what they're seeking, like mountains can be moved, especially when God's at the helm of that. Yeah. I'm honestly so excited to see how the Lord's going to transform the marriages in this group Yeah, with this Bible study for yep. sure. Agreed. All right. Well, we're keeping it short and sweet today. Yes. Yes. We won't <laughs> talk your ear off completely. Um, as always, thank you so much for joining us today. Um, we are very humbled by the fact that y'all continue to tune in every week. Um, and we just, our prayer, like we've always said, our prayer is just that this, um, podcast, this episode now specifically, specifically, um, draws you closer to the Lord or just brings you closer or just brings you to the Lord, you know? Um, so we're really excited to have, um, a special guest. We always say special guest, but to us they are. Exactly. <laughs> They're special. Every They're, testimony is special. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that y'all are like willing to sh- come on here and share your testimony, like that's incredibly special because that's not, um, easy to do. Um, but we do know that the Lord calls us to do that because that's why he does give us testimony. Um, but anyways, we have Jan here today. Um, and Jan is someone else that we also uh, met connected through Facebook um, because, you know, we posted about having more guests on here. Um, hi, Jan. Hello. <laughs> Welcome. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Um, so I guess we will just jump in and just okay. get started. Maybe just tell us a little bit about yourself and um, we'll start off with like how you were saved, how you found the Lord. Okay. Uh, I was blessed to have been raised in a family of believers from from the very beginning. Always went to church. My dad was a deacon. My mom was in the choir. I was there on Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday afternoon. I was in GAs in the choir and just all kinds of different programs. I was always exposed to the Word, and my family was a praying family. We would pray together before every meal, holding hands. We just were a family that wanted to be connected 
because God loves us and God brought us as a family together. I have an older brother and an older sister and, um, that's just that, that was my beginning with walking with the Lord was just knowing we are going to focus on Jesus. We're going to be in the word. We're going to pray. We're going to um, acknowledge him in everything. And so I think uh, about age seven or eight, I um, had talked to my parents that I knew I was supposed to be baptized. And so they had me go to our preacher and just, he said, are you believing in Jesus? And I said, I do. I believe in Jesus. I didn't have any earth-shattering backstory of horrible things going on. I just knew that Jesus loved me and that for me to uh, be obedient, part of that was saying that I believe in Jesus Christ and I uh, wanted to be baptized. And so that was the beginning of my walk with the Lord because of my sweet family, but also just being baptized and making a concerted effort all through school and college to stay in the Word and surround myself with people. I surrounded myself with wrong people as well, but you learn from those experiences oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. to make Jesus the focus of every day. Mm-hmm. I love to hear that that's a family you came from because that's exactly what we're trying to do with our daughter. We yeah. want. We were just talking about it last night that... Our goal is to create such a foundation in of God in her that she can go into the world and do anything because she knows who she is in Christ. She knows who she is at her core and that she doesn't have to question what the world is telling her because she knows exactly what's right. She knows who she is. And so I love to see that other folks that have come from that because that is 100 percent our goal. Yeah. Yeah. Um, was there a time like growing up where you kind of questioned who he was or are you pretty firm in your faith because of like your, um, your, your parents influence? My parents influence was exponentially powerful. Uh, and there was a point in my life when my friends started taking precedence over my family, Mm -hmm. but they were my church friends and we still messed up. We still had some issues, you know, just because we were all together in school together and at church together, we made some bad choices, but the foundation was so solid with my mom and dad. And I never wanted to disappoint my parents just because I had great respect for them. And I knew that they had, um, they honored God. And I wanted to please God by honoring my parents because the, the word tells us, you know, you're supposed to honor your yeah, parents. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So. I love that. And, you know, I think every teenager makes a mistake or has, mm-hmm. you know, those like questionable choices, no matter how much you were raised in the church or how, you know, confident you are in in God that we just, it's human nature to, to slip and fall. And we all do it no matter how great we think we are. And I think too, for non-believers, that's one thing is, is they see that and they're like, oh, you can't, you know, if you're a Christian, you can't have fun or you don't, you know, you're so strict in in the way you can live or, or they do see a Christian following like, see, you're not perfect either. And I think that's just something that I hope that the world can see one day is that we are all fallen. We are, we are. all going to mess up. But at the end of the day, like you said, your foundation is is what really matters. foundation was incredibly solid. Yeah. And I knew that uh, the choices that I made were going to have consequences. And I had to be willing to, to deal with those consequences regardless. So that affected a lot of my choices as well because I want to honor God. I wanted yeah. to to scripturally be able to, to say that, you know, my parents, um, raised me in the word, in the, in a family that we prayed together. We kept our focus on Jesus. We had our Bibles open and were there problems? Absolutely. Dysfunction was one of the biggest aspects of my family's whole life, but Jesus was always in the middle of it. Mm. And so 
everybody's going to have dysfunctions. Yeah. But if you know that Jesus, the, the, the creator of the earth, is there and that you can look in the word, that you can pray, he's a constant, uh, a constant always in your life, that those mistakes are not fatal. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they can have far-reaching consequences, and you have to be willing to put up with that. But Jesus is there. That mm-hmm. is a peace and a hope that you always have. Yeah. yeah. He's it, a constant, and I, th- I love that. That's so reassuring. Yes, yes. That honestly, because like what you were just saying about our daughter, that does give me so much hope because you don't hear a lot about uh, stories like you where mm-hmm. you grew up in the church and where you, um, your foundation was planted so heavy mm-hmm. um, in Jesus. Like you knew your identity in Jesus that you like um, just always loved him. You always knew that you were there because you hear a lot of stories about people who grew up in the church and it was just like, everything was like way too strict or whatever it was yes. that they went the opposite way, you know? So like, I do believe it's about finding that happy medium. And I feel like your parents found that happy medium. Mm-hmm. And that's our prayer for our daughter, because, you know, like we can't shield them from the evil yeah. that's in this world. That's right. So that's all right. we can do is prepare them for that. And that really starts at home and making sure that she knows her identity is in Christ and what exactly that looks like. Absolutely. So that just like, that just gives me so much I'm hope. So <laughs> I'm yeah. so I was blessed to have the family that I, that I was raised in. Awesome. Absolutely. I love that. All right. So, um, thank you for sharing that. Absolutely. Uh, let's get to like, um, your testimony that you wanted to, to okay. share with us. I, um, taught high school English for 30 years and then in the 30th year, I was too much shy of completing 30 years. I just did not wake up one morning. What, no? So what do you mean that you didn't wake up one morning? I had gone to church. It was on a Sunday. I had gone to church. I came home. I had done, uh, In fact, Tiger Woods' original comeback was that. That is a memory that I now have. <laughs> but his original comeback was that particular Sunday. And I just happened to be eating lunch and watching it on television. I called a friend or texted a friend and said, she was a golfer, and I just said, Tiger Woods is doing so amazing because he had had such a horrible backtrack from prior to that. And I got ready for bed. I just kind of did had my day, went to bed that day, and um, didn't show up for school the next Monday, on that Monday. Now, what year was this? This was in 2019, April and- the 15th, tax day of 2019. <laughs> you don't forget the day where no. you had yeah. this earth-shattering medical condition that I was never aware of anything. I just did not wake up. And I was going to say there was no symptoms leading up. You didn't feel faint or no, nothing. That- no, I had so many people asking me later on, did you fall? Did you hit your head? Not that I could remember. I just went to bed. I had curlers in my hair. And I went to bed so I could go to school the next day, and I didn't show up. So the school started calling my phone. Um, I never answered. I was, I'm such a workhorse that I'm always on time. I'm never late. I don't miss school for any particular reasons. So they knew something was up. They knew something was wrong. So they called a friend that knew um, where I was living at that time and said, you need to go check on Jan. And so she showed up and found me in the bed. And I had thrown up all over myself and soiled myself, and I was non, uh, completely non-responsive. And they called an ambulance. All this was told to me in, in backstory because I don't remember anything. I don't remember any of this. Wow. And apparently, an ambulance took me to a hospital, and the hospital did not have the brain facilities. And I was air flooded from Northeast Texas to Tyler, Texas, where they had some kind of facility. I don't remember anything about it. And just please keep in mind, the medical bills were starting to pile up, but you don't know that until you're out of it and the bills keep piling in. Oh, and, yeah. 
and I had um, I had insurance because I was a teacher in the state of Texas, and I had um, just my brother became my caretaker. My I didn't have immediate family right there with me, and he and his wife, God bless them, they had to dig through everything to find my insurance card and be able to find the way to provide what the hospital was going mm-hmm. to be needing so that they could keep record of everything that was going on and all these medical bills. I was care flighted to Tyler, Texas. And from there, um, I ended up, I, I, I'm not even sure how long I was there because several friends have told me from the Dallas area they came to Tyler to see me. Never remember seeing any of them. They said oh. I talked to them, but I don't remember it. So you, you were uh, sorry. You were awake during awake. You were coherent. My eyes were open, but I don't remember any conversation right. or seeing anybody. Wow. They said I talked to them, and um, I said I think I'm paralyzed. And I don't remember saying that. They've just told me that right. in retrospect. And one of my friends pinched my leg, and I went, "Ow!" And she said, "You're not paralyzed." Oh wow! So I I was in diapers. I totally totally had no ability to walk so they ended up putting me in a wheelchair um i was taken to from tyler texas to um bozier city louisiana where my brother was living at the time so that he could still live at home with his family and still kind of be my caretaker right so how how long was that from april 15th to when you made it to your brothers in Uh, louisiana i don't know i'm thinking it was probably i'm guessing maybe two months okay okay. i have no idea i just know that i ended up in a hospital in bozier city and potentially was going to try to start therapy but i was just so unaware of everything i was just sitting up in a wheelchair and then apparently, according to the story I heard, I had a setback. I had, I had a, another stroke. And so I, I, they just put me back into uh, ICU. And again, this is all in retrospect. I don't remember anything about it. There's the, the beauty of what I, as I reflect back, that I was never afraid. I didn't know the serious condition that I was in. Um, I felt bad for my brother because he's just, he didn't know what to do. He's not a medical person by any means, but he and his wife did the very best that they could. And he found a facility that would take my insurance. So I potentially, I could eventually start getting some therapy. So, so I was in the hospital there in Bozier City for, I was in one hospital for like, I think maybe two weeks. And then they moved me to another hospital. And um, I think at some point, they just knew I was going to have to have long-term care mm-hmm. because I was not able to walk. I wasn't able to really speak. They were trying to get power of attorney. You weren't getting better. Apparently not huh. because they just they were having me sign the sheet of paper with my name so they could get power of attorney, but I don't remember any of that. Mm-hmm. And they kept saying, you're not spilling it right there. You know, they, I heard later they were yelling at me. I just, it didn't affect me because I don't remember, yeah. but... They had to get power of attorney. My sister-in-law was so sweet. She helped get me um, retired from teaching because clearly I was not going to be able to finish the school year. Mm-hmm. And um, right. for the next six months, I was in a facility that was going to allow me to have physical therapy once I was able to respond correctly and have the correct answers in my mind and maybe potentially just move some of my limbs up. I, I didn't realize I couldn't walk, so I would try to stand up from the bed and I would collapse. Wow. So I was considered a fall risk. I couldn't stand up to get into the wheelchair. They had these, I call it the hoister, but they strapped things underneath my yeah. back mm-hmm. to hoist me up and move me over to the wheelchair and place me in it. And um, and I was one of the youngest people in this facility. You know, everybody oh. else in wheelchairs, they look, a lot, they look a lot older than me, but I just kept thinking, I'm supposed to be walking. Mm-hmm. I am supposed to be walking, but I didn't know I didn't have any strength 
to be able to stand up. So I'd try to stand up and then I would fall. And then I didn't know why they shaved my head to put a shunt in my skull. That is the constant reminder because each day that passes by, it's a little bit further away from everything that I've been through, except for I can feel this huge shunt that starts right over my right eye. It goes back behind my right ear. It goes down my throat. It goes down my clavicle and it drains in my stomach. I don't know if it was supposed to come out. I don't, I wasn't aware of any of that. Right. I just never had the conversations with doctors. I was depending on my brother and sister-in-law to... Well, you didn't really know what was going on. I didn't know why. what was going on. But it's yeah. still there. I can feel it down my neck. And if it gets really, really hot, you know, sometimes... And I, if I turn my head, I can still feel it behind my ear. So there's that constant reminder. God, oh, wow. thank you for healing me. Mm-hmm. Because yeah. they shaved me bald. I've always had long blonde hair. And... I have any. I never even questioned where's my hair. Why am I in a wheelchair? It never ever entered my mind that there was a problem. I think that was the peace of God. Just saying, you're fine. I wasn't yeah. hurting, but that I was just, him protecting you too. Maybe yes. like to not know what's going on. So I would, because I would have freaked out. Yeah, and stress can cause the stress causes it strokes. Worse. It makes it worse. Yeah, exactly. And you're exactly right. I just. I just kind of would get up every day and the, the therapy nurses would come in and help me get my pajamas off and my clothes on. And then they use that hoister to put me in the wheelchair and I would start rolling up and down the halls there in the in the facility until I actually qualified to start therapy. So I could start moving my muscles and learning to stand, push myself up from the wheelchair so I eventually could stand up. God has really been so marvelous at some of the things now that I can think back that because I didn't qualify for therapy for the longest time Mm -hmm. and I was just rolling around just meeting people trying to be friends with some of the people that were around me yeah but there were godly people even in that facility that um, we would pray together you know just because I knew that God was there God was protecting me God gave me a really neat roommate named Stephanie that had, had never smoked in her life but she had um some kind of bronchial thing. She never smoked, but it, what do you get when you... Like respiratory? Like a, a respiratory, COP- yes. C- yes. COPD? COPD. Yeah. Never smoked in her life, but she was wow. also in a bed. Oh. You just would see different circumstances, but she loved Jesus. And so we would pray together. When her husband would come and spend time with her, he would pray. All three of us would pray together. And that was so inspiring to me as my mind was starting to become more aware of what was going on. Prayer is everything. That's all we had. We couldn't go. We couldn't get out of there. We were in wheelchairs. So. So was it when you were in therapy? Is when you started kind of like realizing what was going on, or was it before that? It had to have been um, while I was. I was in the facility, but had not qualified for therapy yet mm-hmm. because I couldn't answer questions correctly. Okay. Right. And then at one point, they just there was I think it was it's not just anything God really did open up an opportunity for the therapists these young therapists and I became irrationally affected affected by them and affectionate toward them they got me up out of a wheelchair they trusted me they put a belt around my waist showed me how to stand up in the wheelchair and then helped me stay balanced and I still struggle with balance to this day but I love those young ladies so much because they would help me I mean every day that they showed confidence that there was something good going to happen I was going to be able to get up and start practicing walking I had walked my whole life Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden I didn't have the strength anymore so I love those girls and I've still kind of been in contact with some just because of Facebook I'm not a big 
social media fan, but we, since I have left the facility about four years ago, that we kind of connected a little bit. And I just love seeing them and have such an affection for them because they got me out of a wheelchair. They got me out of diapers and they believed that they knew that God was big in my life and that he healed me. He has healed me. And I have to add the most important thing. I have an older sister that is in Montana, but, and I was so hurt that she never came to see me. But I, she had. I just had no memory of oh, wow. it. And I only knew that there were pictures that people were posting of my sister standing right beside my bed when I was stretched all out. And so I knew that she had been there. But she, when we had talked after that, she said she had prayed and told so many of her friends, please pray for my sister. Mm. And, um, and she had been there a couple of times when the doctors would try to give an update to my brother or her about my condition. And it was so seemingly fatalistic but my sister's words were but god Hmm. she knew that it makes me cry that i was made in god's image and she had the biggest faith that she will walk again this is not her final condition i love that i love to see how god protected you through whatever happened to have your friend come and find you to have the doctors to give you that peace and that comfort through all of this then to put a roommate in there who is also a believer to give you that comfort to surround you by your family and that's just amazing to see how he works in more than just one aspect in that situation absolutely and it's if if i had known about any of this ever happened there's a reason that we don't know our futures Mm -hmm. that would have scared me so much and i don't want to live by fear i need i want to live by faith Mm -hmm. but if i'd have known what i was going to go through that would have been horrifying to me and i have loved that my um sister just literally said the two words but god Mm -hmm. when she was thinking in her mind after the doctors they said we don't know if she'll ever change out of where she is because i was just in the bed then and she knew that God said, but, you know, but I yeah. have made her in my image. And I always think about the crippled man in the Old Testament that was lowered from the roof by his friends and um, was healed by Jesus. Yeah. And the words were, as I know, as I recall, the faith of your friends has healed you. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I knew it wasn't just my sister and her friends in Montana. I had friends, the word had spread down here um, that Jan has had a stroke. And we need to pray for her. And the faith of my friends mm-hmm. and my family healed me. I love that so much because we always talk about surrounding yourself with the right people. That's right. That's right. Surround yourself with prayerful people, with Jesus-loving people. Absolutely. And this is why. Like, it is so important. Of course, it's so important to have your own faith. But you need to surround with pe- yourself with people who um, will lift you up and will Absolutely. pray for you and who genuinely love you and want what's best for you. Absolutely. And this is like proof of that. Like this is why you do that. It's It inspires me even to this day that I have friends that are in Waco that I will still go see and we'll go to football games or whatever and and they'll introduce me. This is my friend Jan that has been healed, is the miracle heal of being healed by Jesus. Mm-hmm. And these people I don't even know said, yes, we prayed for you. Wow. Gives me goosebumps. <laughs> Gives me goosebumps because oh, the awesome. prayer of these faith-believing people, the Holy Spirit in all of us, is united. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It is united. And one thing that we've started is, you know, it's very custom in, in American culture to say, we'll pray for you. 
but a lot of folks, you know, get busy or whatnot. And right. so Kenny and I now, if somebody like in our small group or a friend texts us, like, can you please be praying over this? We try to stop what we're doing right there and, pray. and go and right pray. into prayer. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Because we don't, we like you said, it, it is so important mm-hmm. that there, others are praying for you or for that situation that we don't want to lessen the importance of that. Right. It's not a, we'll get to it later. They need it now. They've asked for it now. And it's nothing for us to stop what we're doing and get into that. Like we know exactly what we're called to do. Exactly. And so we try to do that now. Like if somebody says, hey, I need prayer over this, we're done, we're stopped, and we're praying on it. Well, like we want to be, we don't want to be the... Um I don't know, like an eloquent way of saying this, but we don't want to be the saying Christians. We want to be the doing Christians. Absolutely. We want to. We don't want to be the ones that's like, oh yeah, um, I'm going to pray for you. Oh, um, yes, this is what you should do. We want to be the ones that actually do pray. Mm-hmm. We want to be the ones that are walking. What is it called? Just leading by example. Leading like by we example. Be yeah, the exactly. That, and not not in a prideful way, but just as in a... That's what we're called to do. Yeah. We want to be... We want people to see Jesus through our actions and through what right. we're doing. And I think that that's where you're going is... Yeah. And seeing Jesus is what this is all about. It's his glory. It's his mm-hmm. honor. It's not the fact that I'm healed. My story of being healed and a miracle focuses right on him. Yeah. To Absolutely. his glory and his honor, yeah. not me. It's not. And the prayers that are answered that people say, we prayed for you. Mm-hmm. And that helps them say, look how good God is. Mm-hmm. What a mighty God we serve. Yeah. And one of my favorite things about what you're just saying is that, you know, you were saying the doctors were like, we don't know what to do. Like she's, she might not ever be healed, right. you know? And so many people take doctor's word as law. And they don't understand, like, our God is a great physician. Right. You know, he's doctor, healer. he's right. your healer. Like, he can yeah. do anything. anything. Nothing is impossible with him. So if you get a diagnosis of you're done or, like, there's nothing else we can do, whatever it is, there's so many stories in this world where God was like, no, that's not my final answer. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's where not tests, how I work. Tests come back completely negative and doctors have no way of explaining it. Yeah, right. And us believers are like, we know exactly. We what know happened. exactly. No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and such a good guy. Yeah, you're yeah. one of them where the doctors, you know, said, Oh, she may not walk again. She may not be able to live on her own again. She may not. And here you are sitting in front of us, a walking testimony. No of, family, no husband, no, yeah. I lost my job. I, you know, I couldn't go back to teach. I had to start all over again. And every day is trust Jesus. Yeah. Because I don't know. I just don't know. But I do trust him. I'm not afraid. It'd be easy to be afraid, but yeah. my faith is huge. And God had carried me through that six months of healing from a stroke to driving a car, yeah. finding a place to live, finding a part-time job. He has just, and I didn't. he didn't have to do any of that, but he did because he's such a great God. Yeah. yeah. But you can tell that your faith is so strong because that's something that would have discouraged so many people people. or might've even turned them away from God to be like, why did you do this to me? You know, like I was living this life that I was great with and I was healthy and then this happened, but you saw the beauty in all of Mm -hmm. it. And, um, I think a huge part of it was him just showing himself to you too. Like he just, um, revealed himself to you and like, I'm here for you and I'm going to help you through this and I'm going to bring beauty out of this, you know? Absolutely. And, and again, just to go back to those surrounding you, just speaking life into you and speaking life over yes. you. And we've been talking a lot about that lately is just in, in friendships and relationships and marriages and whatever it is, is just speaking life and not speaking death and not fear, fear and giving right. into the chaos that the enemy wants, but 
boldly standing in faith to say, she's not done. She is going to walk again. She's going to live her own life again. She's going to work again. Absolutely. So I love seeing all of that come. And it's nothing that I could have planned. Right. And I don't have any control. That's That has been a huge revelation because I went to school to be a teacher. I'm not teaching anymore. Right. I'm how, doing something else. So I am curious, though. How how do you feel about that? Like the fact that your this did end your teaching career? Thank goodness I had 30 years. I have a yeah. work ethic that I totally give credit to my parents because you work hard. You work under the Lord. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a saver. I'm not a spender. I, I don't just willy-nilly go and spend a lot of money on things. And I and it, the medical bills were astronomical. Mm. But God provided for that. Just gave me a, an overabundance of common sense to be a saver and um, pay your bills. And then I was paying the little increments of things that they were just sending me bills all the time and eventually got a settlement thing that was done. And I had the money and savings to be able to, I don't owe anything anymore. And it was million, uh, like over a million dollars in medical bills with the air flight and the medical care that was taking place. I I don't even know any enough about it. I think it would overwhelm me if I did know it's been taken care of and God provided. Yeah. Yep. He set you up even before all of this. Yes, he he did. He knew. (laughs) He knew what was going to happen and how you were going to come out of it and that you would be sitting across from us today. And talking about how good he is to heal me. Yeah. So that I can say what a good and gracious God we have. Now, walk us through a little bit more of that process with the, the therapist and trying to get back on your feet and walking. How I, I don't know if you know, remember how long that took you. And like, was that a pretty smooth transition to be able to get back or was it? Well, uh, let's see. I'm, I think... My final day in therapy was um, October the 31st of 2019. So that was from April through October. And um, still a little bit unsteady, but so thankful that I was learning how to get out of a wheelchair. I went from the wheelchair to a walker that you see people using all the time. And I was just like, I'm not supposed to be using this walker. But I was unbalanced. And I would just thank goodness falling is not an option. I have fallen before, and it's not pretty because I don't have a lot of strength to get myself back up. Right. So being careful, being cautious, that's just part of that mindset that he's giving me. That uh, And using the walker, I was walking as much as I could at first. And I lived with my brother and my sister-in-law for about six months. And then at one point, it was just time for me to leave. I needed to get my own apartment. I was so – I was afraid then, but I just thought, God – I'm not by myself. I'm going to go get an apartment. I didn't have any furniture, so sweet people are in Bossier City started contributing things like I did buy a bed, but I just didn't need a lot. It's just me. Yeah. I don't have any pets or kids or anything like that. So um, I had just exactly what I needed. It was more than enough that I needed because I don't throw big, lavish dinner parties or anything like that. And I lived for a year by myself in the apartment, but I was trying to go swimming. It did have a swimming pool, and that's in Louisiana, so it's hot and muggy down yeah. there, too. And yeah. so um, I went swimming as much as I could. I was trying to walk as much as I could without my my little rollator is what I called it. But the balance just kind of comes back, and I have to be very careful on stairs still just because it's the taking steps and things yeah. like that. But I lived for a year there. And then it, within that year, I'd found a little part-time job to do activities at a retirement center. So I was surrounded by all these sweet elderly people that I could love on and, and just be inspired by them that I could be in their position. But 
um, they were up walking, and I would always go around and invite them to come to the activities room. We're going to make a make flower arrangements, or we're going to paint, or we're going to play bingo, or we're going to do jigsaw puzzles, just anything to communicate with people and love on people. And just be that light. Be, be that, a light. Be That's that exactly light that right. Jesus put in you to for other people. He knew when you had this happen to you that you weren't done, that other people were still going to be Absolutely. seeing him through you. And I did that for, it wasn't even, just a little another part-time job there in uh, Bossier City. And then toward the end, I kept thinking, I had a friend here in New Braunfels said, don't live in Louisiana. And I said, okay. So <laughs> I just started making plans to head to New Braunfels. I needed a place to live without furniture because I didn't have a lot of furniture. Or anything. I didn't want to wag anything except for my clothes. And so after that year of working at uh, the retirement, the little senior center, Got out of the, you know, I finished my lease at the apartment and drove all the way to New Braunfels. And I've been here for about a little over two years since. And so walking and talking. Yeah. How are you liking it here? It's, it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. It's just, I don't know anything south of Waco because I went to school. I went to college in Waco. So I'm learning a lot. And I have this one good friend that I live with, but we have our own lives. Like we go to separate churches. We have our own separate friendships and she's very civic minded and, and involved. And I just put some applications out to find a little part-time job. And that's because I love animals. And so I'm doing animals now. And, and it is weird when I drive by a school because for 30 years, mm-hmm. my whole life centered around summer's off, fall semester, spring semester, summer's off. And all of a sudden, I'm, my brain is still being healed. I just speak that over my my, yeah. my brain yep. that um, it's okay. You know, it's okay if I'm not in school anymore because I I fully intended to teach until the day I died, and I almost oh. did. But God saw fit to heal me and restore me to a position where I could have a, other effect and other influence on people that I would never, because I work in a little veterinary clinic here in town now and just helping the back office, but I still get to see dogs and cats and, and I love that too. So that's awesome. Yeah. You know, when, um, things like this happen to us, um, that are life changing, um, or just big things in general, we, um, don't always get an answer right away of why it happened. Um, and I feel like a lot of the time we don't even get an answer of why it happened. You just have to trust that it happened for um, God's glory. Um, do, do you see through this journey, did you see anything in there um, that could answer that question? Like, why did this happen? And if you didn't, that's fine. I'm just curious. I, I, I never really thought about it. Hmm. I just, I'm, trust Jesus. That's yeah, it. I, I love ju- that. It's, it's, I don't have any control over my retirement from teaching. I don't mm-hmm. have any control of... What necessarily I'm doing, I was just putting feelers out, and I trust God that He's put, placing me where He wants me to be, mm-hmm. even in the brothels. Yeah, with my limited knowledge of this whole area down mm-hmm. here, so no family, just this one good friend, and I'm, you know, meeting people and making friends, and so that that's been kind of an encouraging part as well. But I, I will introduce myself as the miracle that Jesus has restored. Uh. I love because that. I always yeah. want to, always want to give him credit because that is my life is not my own. Yeah, on this side of being restored, my life is not my own. It's about the goodness of God and His love. Yeah, and it could have just been for His testimony, for a testimony, you know, Absolutely. to bring others to Him, and um, like those doctors and those people in the hospital, like seeing how you were just like healed when they didn't 
think that you would be, mm-hmm. um, that could have brought them closer or even to the Lord, you know? So we never, we don't always understand or know why things happen to us, but just know that it is for his glory and that there is a reason for it. And I love Absolutely. that you, um, understand that and yeah. that you, um, just came out loving him more, loving and him more, praising him, trusting him more yeah. and planting seeds because yes. it's not about me. Yeah. It's about Jesus. Well, and that's yes. what I was going to say too, is you were so humble through all of this, even after you were healed, because a lot of folks, they grow through something tough like that and have to relearn to walk or relearn to, to whatever. It's a lot of, look what I did. Look what I accomplished. Look at the, all the work I put in. And I didn't hear you say that one time. You've been a, look what Jesus did through me. And I think that is such a humble way to look at it that I think is just going to, it's just, again, that light shining through of, you know, again, one more just aspect of your testimony for Jesus. Trusting Jesus. Yeah. It's just such an easy thing to to put yourself first in that situation, right? And Absolutely. And look what happened to me. Look what I did. And you just, you see the good in all of it. And I think, like Kenny said, even though you may not ever understand the why, mm-hmm. you saw the fruit that came from all of it. And that's right. beautiful. And we don't have to understand the why. Like a lot, of, I feel like a lot of that will be revealed to us or it might not even be important honestly when we get to heaven I don't know what that looks like (laughs) is there anything else that you would like to share or leave us with before we go eyes on Jesus and I thank my brother and my sister for being so critically um, able to to be there and pray over me and my friends just the prayers of people that had the Holy Spirit in them the prayers healed me because Jesus is a good God yeah yeah, that community is amazing. And community I'm so glad that you had that all over the United States. Yes. Yeah. Yes. You had a whole community praying for you, and that's that's amazing. And I'm walking and talking now and driving a car. And Amen. Five years ago, you wouldn't have thought that. Or four and a half years ago, you would have not thought that at all. So God is good. Yeah. Amen. Awesome. Thanks, Jen. Thank you so yes. much for being on. And we're um, we're really just so excited for people to hear your story. Yeah, thank you for the opportunity. That you shared it with us, so thank you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, guys, thank you again so much for tuning in this week and hearing Jan's testimony. Um, We're so thankful to have her this week. And as always, if you guys get a moment, we'd really be grateful if you got on to whatever platform you're listening to us on and uh, leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing or even just shoot us a DM or an email. Yeah, and if you guys can subscribe and share it, we would absolutely love to um, just get this podcast out there just um, because we would love to get these testimonies out there. And just share with the world how the Lord's working in all of our lives um, and how he does work in our lives and just how much more beautiful life is with him than without. Yeah, we're excited to see where this goes and just to have more guests on and continue to just share the love of Jesus and how he's moving. Yeah. Well, as always, thank you so, so, so much for joining us. Thank you so much for continuing to tune in. We just really appreciate y'all. And we hope you have an amazing week. Have a blessed week. (laughs) 